Take your Bibles and go with me to Psalms 22, verse 3. Psalms 22, verse 3. So if you can imagine, we did the pre-introduction to the introduction on what we're covering. And it only took an hour. Isn't that great? All right. So now what we're going to do is we're going to now, we're going to build what we call not only the theology of praise and worship, we're, we're combining two things together here today. We're going to talk about praise and worship, and then we're going to talk about how it creates a warfare to deal with the issues in our culture. All right, so we have a, we have a track that we're going on today. So it says, here in Psalms 22, verse 3, it says, Yet you are holy. You are enthroned upon the praises of Israel. So this is the scripture that's used when it talks about um, God inhabits the praises of his people. All right, so what we want to do is we want to just begin to start breaking this down. And really, we're only going to work on two different parts of this, but we're going to try to develop around this. All right, so... Here, they're showing the act of praise and worship. You are holy, right? You're the one that's being set apart here. We're going to acknowledge, celebrate, and, and dance before you. You're the one that we're focusing on. So do you remember when I started this morning, I was giving you different categories, and I said, so remember, when we're talking about praise and worship, we're not talking about singing songs about hey, we're in the house or any of the other stuff, we're, we're turning our attention specifically and singing to him. Yeah. I, I don't know, I'm sure you guys have experienced this, I don't want to act like you guys haven't, but how many of you can recognize in your own walk with the Lord that when you turn your attention towards him and start singing towards him, there's a different level of embrace that comes. Yeah. So it's, it's like being in the house and everyone's talking about your dad compared to you talking to your dad, all right? So, um, interesting enough, as we start ascribing to God, um, think about this with me. In Hebrews, um, chapter 2, I believe it is, they start talking about when we gather in the presence of the Lord, right? We're singing songs to Him. And I don't know if you guys ever think about this in your mind. Well, what does that look like? Is God in heaven listening to different worship services and going, wow, that Presbyterian one did a really good chorus there, and I like the drums and um, the Congo. I mean, do you think he's just sitting up there going, wow, these, that was, oh, you know, Brazil did a really good stanza. I mean, that's what I thought. That's what was going on all the time. I didn't, I actually had never seen this, um, and it's, it's a form of worship. There's a form of worship that's called um, prophetic um, songs, prophesied by singing, right? Well, isn't it interesting? It's a form of worship. And so when we're worshiping the Lord, what's really interesting is in Hebrews chapter 2, it says he comes and sings over us. So when we're worshiping, do you guys know that God's actually entering into our worship? And it tells us in Hebrews chapter 2, it says that he is declaring, Jesus it comes in the midst of our worship service and is declaring the glory of his Father to us. And he does it by releasing prophetic songs. 
All right, so prophetic songs are worship, uh, warfare and prophetic songs are worship. So um, I'm trying to remember, uh, Mark, were you, were you with me at North? I'm going to tell a story about North Heights. I'm going to see if you were there with me because uh, I'm trying to think you'd be the only person in the room that would remember this. We were at North Heights, and I used to travel with a, a gentleman who was a worship leader. And um, again, I told you, if I sing, people scream and run for the doors. And so we were teaching on prophetic um, songs of the Lord. And so I was doing the teaching, and then I said, so I'm going to have EJ come up here. And uh, do you, does everyone here know what North Heights is? Yeah. Because you live up in this region, so <sighs> they're church services. Um, so they have this grand piano, and EJ's going over to the grand piano. And EJ is trying to teach um, how songs of the Lord work. So he's, sit, you know, he's a musician. He knows how to write songs. He's sitting there and starting to play this melody, and he's pointing people out in the audience. And instead of like giving them a word, he starts singing words over them. And, I, and I, I'm still going to hold to this course to this day. I think the most charismatic people I've ever met are Lutherans. Because they, they don't want to be charismatic, but when the Spirit of the Lord comes, they do more charismatic things than any other group in the body of Christ, right? And so EJ is pointing out a guy, and he's giving him a word, and the person just falls on the ground and starts sobbing, right? And, and so when you're with Lutherans and that stuff's going on, you have to just kind of act like, hey, that's normal. So I just said, oh, that's normal. Just ignore that. And then EJ's starting to calls out another person, they fall on the ground, right? And in charismatic circles, that's always exciting, right? Watching people fall on the ground. <laughs> All right, so why am I telling this story? So EJ points at one of the pastors on staff and he starts singing him this just unbelievably beautiful song of the Lord. And the guy is sobbing, he's starting by sobbing, and then he falls on the ground, right? And so, you know, I thought, well, how many people are going to do this tonight? And so we're, we're just kind of going through all that, and we finish up, and um, he's still on the ground, so we go over to him, and we pick him up. And I don't know if you guys like doing this, but when people are being encountered by the Lord, I kind of want to know what's going on or if they're connecting with it, you know, instead of them just falling down and going, what was that about? And they're like, I don't know. And so I just said, so what do you think's going on? And the pastor goes, I have no idea. He said, well, did the Lord say anything to you or show you anything? And he goes, no. I thought, okay, well, there's one of those experiences again. So I didn't think anything about it. I'm kind of living my life. I come back a year, I'm still teaching there, and I'm back a year later. And at North Heights, this doesn't matter one way or the other. But you know how some churches, they give you a bulletin. It's just an 8 by 11 sheet paper folded in half, and you just... At North Heights, they give magazines out for their, their weekly bulletin. I mean, it's like this 10-page, four... I'm just like, who has this kind of stuff? And it's, you know, at that time, they had about 10,000 people going to their church. And so I'm, I'm getting ready for a meeting, and I'm looking through it, and they're talking to this pastor about that encounter, which he'd never told me any of this stuff. This is what's so powerful about this. He's telling that he got laid out on the ground by the Lord, had no idea what was going on, and then he was one of the main counselors at the church. So he had all these people coming in with problems, and he also used to be on the prayer team up front when people came forward to receive prayer. After the Lord sang a song over him, it birthed song inside of him. 
And so God told him from this point on, I don't want you praying for people anymore. I want you singing over them. And every time he would, he would sing, it didn't matter if they were in counseling sessions or up front, God would break something off of them and heal them and set them free. Now, you guys, when you get, the, isn't this amazing? We worship the Lord. And then he comes among us and starts singing songs of deliverance. And so we always see, well, we're just doing this with him. But he's saying, no, actually, I want to join in on this thing. And I, and I want this rhythm to start happening between me and you. I, I don't know if you guys ever think about this, but again, I'm just going to use myself as an example. We're just so restrictive on what I think the Lord is able to do. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but I'd have to admit, I, I'm probably one of the most uptight believers I've ever met in my life. <laughs> it's just... God wants to do something? No, I don't like that. And, and I go through all this stuff, and God's just trying to get me, look, this is what it means to walk with me. Do you guys get it? Okay. Look at the passage with me again. So you, O Lord, are holy. Then it says this, you are enthroned. All right. Now what we want to do is it, it says that God inhabits so when I started this morning, I said, okay, when we gather and worship, what's going on? What's the purpose of this? It's the appearing of the glory of God. The appearing. So now the scripture is going to come to you, and it's going to do two things. It's going to say, what attracts the manifest presence of God? Praise and worship. It attracts the manifest presence of God. So the word inhabit, ready? It has so many meanings to it, it's going to take me the rest of the time to try to just explain that word. The first thing is, is that when it says that God inhabits the praises of his people, the first concept of it in the Hebrew is that it, that word inhabit doesn't just mean show up, it means to create a dwelling place. So God is creating a dwelling. What is, what is most of the stuff going on in our worships? We're worshiping for a season, God comes among us, and then it feels like he lifts off of us, or leaves, right? That's how we describe it. God's saying, well, if you actually create a place of continual worship, you'll get an habitation of the presence of the Lord. Okay, so I'm going to do this. I'm going to have fun historically with you again. What's the mark of a move of God? I said worship. Why? It isn't because they started worship, God showed up. God showed up and they started worshiping. And when you keep cultivating that, it's literally like you're pouring fuel on attracting the glory of God constantly. In fact, if you just stay with it, with God, right? It starts releasing, I, everyone uses terms, the Bible describes it as this. It's ever-increasing glory is being released to you. So you, you, in worship, are finding the glory of God, and then you stay with it, and God ever-increases it. Yeah. Right? So the first word, uh, the first concept for God inhabits the praises of the people is this concept of God wants to become a dwelling place. He wants a dwelling place of his manifest presence. Yeah. Now, 
in the Old Testament. What was the purpose of the temple? Uh, you know, it wasn't, everyone talked about was well, the way they built it, and it, said it had gold in it, and it had the Ten Commandments, and they burned incense. All of that is there, but please don't miss it. The Lord said, this is why I had the temple built, is that's where my glory was manifest, and nations are to come there and rest in the glory of God. So, do you guys get it? I, I, of course it should be ordained with gold and all that other stuff, but he said the purpose is that man can go somewhere where they can actually run into the manifest presence of God and dwell with him there. Now, what's really fascinating is because of the term of you being called the church, one of the pictures of the church in Ephesians is now you're the temple. All right? And since you're the temple, you have the presence of the Lord in you. But there's a difference between God being with you and God manifesting in you and around you. Yeah. So how do you cultivate that? You cultivate it, well, thankfulness, worship, praise. He establishes it. Now, again, I, I have to admit, I'm kind of all consumed by the fact that I want God's presence everywhere I go, so I study how they've done it in human history. So, yeah, any of you ever heard of St. Patrick's? He's not the guy that's a leprechaun and everybody wears green, right? He's a, he's a powerful person in church history. Did you guys know that uh, he used to have a compound in Ireland where they had praise and worship going 24 hours a day and prayer? And, the, and he felt like he couldn't send out the guys to go do the work that they were going to do unless they sat in that and got saturated with it. And that became a normal lifestyle for them, to be in the manifest presence of God. So God inhabits. All right. Now, when I started really exploring this word, this is what struck me, and it started getting my attention. The next concept is God inhabits... That word also means enthroned. So God is enthroned in the midst of praise. Well, what, everyone, uh, you should be asking the same question I did. Well, so what? What does that mean? Well, that word is very important because there is a concept of God's authority, power, and dominion, and it's tied to a concept called the throne of God. All right, so the heavens are as where his throne is, the earth is his footstool. All right, so you guys ready? Footstools, so you can see this in old time movies when they're showing kingdoms. A footstool isn't a place, it's not a part of your lounge chair that you put your foot on, all right? Uh, when kings needed to move from one part of their kingdom to another, they used to be in these like carts, and they had all these soldiers like guarding them. And they go to a different part of their kingdom. And, and that thing that was with them was called their footstool. So wherever that was at was where the authority of the king was at. He could rule from that place. Wow. All right. So the heavens are the Lord and the earth is his footstool. But you guys get it? His footstool is established by praise and worship. So why do we want God to be enthroned in the midst of us? Because when God is enthroned in the midst of us, he doesn't show up and go, wow, this is really fun. He expresses the power that comes from him sitting on his throne. 
Okay, so here you and I are in the midst of him. We're worshiping and enjoying him. His manifest presence shows up. It doesn't just so, show up so that we soak in it. Everything that he has authority in is now being expressed when he shows up in that atmosphere. So where does he have authority through the church in regard to what's going on on the planet? <laughs> he has authority over death. He has authority over disease. He has authority over sin. He has authority over weather. Wherever God says, look, this is how I want to express my authority. If we worship and praise and his manifest presence comes, it's not just his manifest presence comes. It's as though the authority of the king has just settled into that location and everything that comes from his authority emanates out of that thing. <laughs> okay, so I'm stepping into the afternoon session, but I'm almost getting close to that anyway, so let's go for it. So what does that mean? That means that you have the prince of the power of the air that thinks he has control over a region, and God is saying, well, wait a minute. He doesn't. But you have to understand how this works. The minute you start praising and worship him, that's how the kingdom advances. When you do that, God comes in his authority and says, this is a beachhead, and from this point out, I'm going to emanate my authority. Wow. Awesome, God. So do you, do you remember why Jesus overturned the temple? I mean, obviously, they weren't supposed to be selling stuff. It's because there's the manifest presence of God. He wants to use it to prayer and to heal the nations. Why do we praise and worship? We're wanting that person to show up here now and do exactly what he's always been doing in human history. And he's saying, you don't have to do a, a major thing. All you have to do is enjoy me and I'll come and enthrone myself in the midst of you. <laughs> Are you guys with me on this track? And so if you, if you this is a simple scripture here. Think about this. This is a scripture that most people point to that God gets their attention right before he starts what we would call a revival or a refreshing in a community. They, they, for some odd reason, it clicks and they go, wait a minute. We think giving time to praise and worship is a waste of time and God's saying, no, it's actually the catalyst to break everything open and it's something you actually enjoy so you have to learn how to program yourself to get into it yeah. <laughs> so what do, what do we do in the first session? Well, well we kind of covered the words for it. Now we're moving into the second session and we're saying, well, now that we're beginning to practice it, we actually need to look at, you guys, this is going to be fun. We have to look at our day and say to ourselves, are we, whatever we're struggling with, are we giving ourselves time of praise for that thing to be broken? So isn't it amazing? It's a weapon and it's enjoyable at the same time. And most people don't see it as a weapon. And so they're just like, well, why would I worship God when everything's falling apart in my life? Because he says, the minute you do that, you're attracting the manifest glory of God into a situation. And I told you, he doesn't leave anything the same way when he shows up. Amen. How many of you have ever had a difficult situation and God shows up with his presence, and all of a sudden, you're still in the same situation, but something's broke. <laughs> so 
So isn't this amazing? God is trying to teach us. All right, so now the next concept. Once God shows up and he enthrones himself in the midst of his people, um, he does what is normal to his nature. So what is normal to the nature of God? To do miraculous things. So if you've never had anyone teach on miracles here before, I'm just going to kind of hit it really fast. Are you ready? God doesn't do miracles. He's miraculous by nature, so everything he does is miraculous. The normal kingdom lifestyle is comfortably living in the miraculous. Not trying to figure out how to get miracles to be released because God is miraculous by nature. The reason why we don't have miracles in the midst of us is we have very little of God manifesting in the midst of us. Wow, that sounded kind of harsh. Let me try that at a nicer level, all right? <laughs> if, if, guys, ready? You don't have to pray and fast for weeks to get God to show up to do miracles. You need to enjoy him, and he'll start doing miracles. It's his nature. He, he's always trying to convince us, get in line with my nature. This is my nature to do miracles, right? Uh, have you guys recognized that yet? It's his nature to do that. Now, there was, a, there was a thing that was said in the Old Testament. Uh, we usually teach this when we teach on supernatural ministry or the gifts of the Spirit or the prophetic. But um, it, it, there's a statement that's made in the Old Testament, and it's this. Uh, when people of God are away from the Lord, okay, now I'll explain that term, they perceive their prophets as madmen. Okay, so let's use that term, away. There is, in the scripture, a distinct, defined reality to talking about God and God showing up. All right? That's why they use terms in the Old Testament, let God's face shine upon you. That is a term in the Old Testament for the manifest presence of God. All right? So God never said, I just want a group of people that talk about me. I want a group of people that experience my manifest presence presence. All right. So when we go one, two, three, four days, five, six, seven days, a month, two months, two years, five years without God's manifest presence showing up in our lives, our hearts become cold. And then when God shows up, we perceive it as crazy and weird, and it doesn't make sense because our soul has become accustomed to the system of the world where God doesn't show up. So when he starts acting like himself, we can't recognize him because we're away from his presence being in the midst of us. So if you're around the presence of God more than an hour, and he starts doing stuff, you're comfortable with it because he's saturated you with the lifestyle of the kingdom. So do you guys get it? The more you're with God and he's manifesting his glory and he's enthroning himself or in you and around you, you get used to God doing that and you're not uncomfortable with it. It's when God isn't anywhere in the midst of us that everyone's offended with him all the time because they're not used to his manifest presence. So let's just talk about the America. America, by culture, loves talking about God, but having very little encounters with God because they're scared of him. Right. They don't understand his approaching. They don't want it. 
They actually, how many of you recognize this? I, I know this in my own life. I'd rather talk about a move God did than be in the middle of God, a move God does. Why? Because the minute he enthrones himself, that word enthroned means expressing his authority. And whether I want to admit it or not, I don't like God taking over in most situations. Because when he says, I'm actually Lord, have you guys recognized this? He, he says, so I'm going to act like Lord when I'm in the midst of you. So that means everything that you do that doesn't line up with his lordship, he's going to challenge that inside of you. And so how many of you recognize this? I, I want that presence of the Lord, but I only want him to show up for that person. I don't want him showing up here and saying, I'm Lord. Because then all of a sudden he's going to mess with everything inside of me that doesn't line up with God's best for me. <laughs> okay. Let's look back at the passage. Okay, so he's, a, he's enthroned, which means he's a habitation. He's actually established his throne, which means an expression of his authority and his power in the midst of us. And then it says, upon. He's, uh, he's doing this upon the praises of his people. So he's not, this is interesting. If the, the psalm writer was wanting to say worship, he would have said worship. He said praise. All right, so he's sitting there saying, when you begin to do the things we were talking about earlier, thanking the Lord, talking about him, sharing testimonies. What you're doing is you're intentionally, whether you realize it or not, saying, bring your manifest presence in here and overwhelm us. So you guys ready? Now that we're talking about it as a group of people, we need to be intentional about it. Now, this afternoon, I'm going to explain that God actually has an intentionality about praise and worship. He doesn't just say, hey, do whatever you want. There's a certain way he says to do this, because what is he looking for here? He's looking to show up in the midst of his people and say, look, I haven't changed. I have not changed. All the things you read about me, all the things that you're longing for me to do, I have not changed. <laughs> I just want to be in the midst of you. So I'm going to give you a creative way to do this. Now, I don't know if you guys ever think about this, but what's, what's the, I always do this in the body of Christ. What meetings do most Christians go to? They go to praise and worship meetings. Now, if you say, we're going to go evangelize this neighborhood, two people show up. But if you say, we're going to do a praise and worship thing, hundreds of people show up. So think about this with me. Some of you are leaders. Instead of trying to get everybody to go do the hard thing, come and get them to do the thing that they enjoy, praise and worship, and God will change them to do the things that they, they think, well, I don't really like doing those kind of things. Uh, for years, I used to do this. You guys tell me if you do this. I didn't know what to do when God showed up in the middle of something. Like when I'm praying for somebody or something like that, I did not know what to do when God manifest. And so I'd be praying for people and God would be doing what's called a working of a miracle and I didn't know what to do with it. I just thought, well, what do you do here? And the Lord had to teach me, well, why don't you actually engage in worship while I'm moving in the midst? So you guys ready? When God is starting to show up, that's when you even lean into it even more. Because the more you do it, the more the glory of God appears in a situation. That's 
So I'm going to show you guys something. Do you mind coming up here? Uh-oh. Uh <laughs> Do you mind standing right there real quick? I, I don't have an agenda. I just want to show you guys this. I'm not going to push on you or do any of that stuff, okay? Um, do you mind just putting your hands out like this? Okay, okay and just relax. Okay, watch, watch this. Holy Spirit, would you come right now? Would you bring your presence and your power? Thank you, mighty one. Thank you, mighty one. Do you sense the presence of the Lord? Mm -hmm. Okay, so she's being embraced. Now, I'm going to step over here, okay? So if she thinks she's going to fall, get my attention, because we all think it looks cool, but she'll hit her head on the staircase and all that kind of fun stuff, okay? But just watch her. I know it's embarrassing for her to do this, but I want to show you just what praise and worship does. Watch her. So, Lord, I just thank you for your presence. I bless your name. I, I just, uh, I'm just so grateful for you. You're, you're powerful in all your ways, mighty God. And I bless what you're doing to your daughter in the name of Jesus. Okay, so what are you guys observing? What are you guys observing? Okay, did you notice that this is 95% eff effective ministry, and I haven't even prayed for her yet. Why? Because God is manifesting his presence and ministering to her. And we kind of discount this, oh, this is silly, until someone grabs her, puts her in a headlock, spits on her, and says a couple things over her. But this is actually more effective. Okay, so here she is. Now, now watch again. So, Lord, just increase it right now. We bless your name. We thank you for your goodness. You're, you're, do you guys notice? I'm just worshiping. I just thank you. You're such a powerful God. I just love who you are, Lord. You're just so wonderful and powerful. Thank you, mighty one. Bless your name. I still haven't prayed for her. Do you see how God keeps ministering to her? It's actually increasing. She's like getting waves of it. He's actually gripping her stomach right now. And he's starting to release the gift of faith inside of her. Without us even praying and doing any of that other stuff, God's releasing that. Do you, do you guys see that? Yes. Okay, now how many of you are sitting here and we're just doing this and you sense the presence of the Lord? All right? See, uh, I don't know what it is with us, but we always make this harder than it needs to be. I just bless your name. You're so good. Just bless your name. Are you guys okay? Yeah, I feel sorry for you. You guys are just sobbing. Are you, are you doing okay? Bless you. Are you okay? Mm -hmm. Okay. Tell us what you're experiencing real quick. Um, I'm just feeling very light but heavy at the same time. Okay. Weak knees. Okay. Just... Is God telling you anything? He's going to save my family. Oh, wow. Okay. So God actually knows how to minister to people. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> okay. Watch her one more time. We've only done this twice, right? So just watch. Lord, I just bless you. You are, God, thank you so much for showing up. I just bless your name. Just bless your name. Guys, I actually feel sorry for Renee. I don't know what's happening to her, but she's just kind of, <laughs> just bless your name, oh Lord. Just bless your name. You're so good. You're so good. You are so good. I just bless your name, oh Lord. Bless your name. Do you guys, I, I don't, I'm not trying to add something, but do you sense the atmosphere in the room? Oh, yeah. Okay, so guys, don't try to make something out of it. Just stop for a moment. 
Thank the Lord for how you're feeling him right now. Just thank the Lord for a second. Thank you, mighty one. I bless your name. Powerful God. Thank you, Lord. Just bless your name. Thank you, Lord. Are you doing okay? Okay. All right, so I'm going to have you sit. You did a great job. Thank you. All right. Okay. So guys, just stay with me. Lord, I just thank you. Let's bless your name. Okay, so now here we are. We're getting a little bit of the manifest presence of God. So what is he doing in the room? Some, someone's dealing with some kind of hip issue where they have pain, and the presence of the Lord is actually starting to come around that area and starting to touch it just by his presence showing up. See how he enthrones himself? Just bless you, Lord. I bless your name. Someone is also dealing with some kind of sciatic issue and the Spirit of the Lord is just hovering over that part of your body. Just bless your name, mighty one. You're so good. You're so good. Your mercy does endure forever, oh God. Um, like three or four of you have been feeling like you've been walking under a cloud and the Spirit of the Lord is actually washing that off of you right now. He's, he's actually refreshing you. And so, Lord, I just, I just bless you. You're so good, Lord. You're so good. Give us the spirit of praise for the spirit of heaviness, Lord. Get, just, break, just break oppression off of us right now. We bless you. You're just so good. You're so good. Just thank you, Lord. Bless you, O Lord. Just bless you, O Lord. Now in your own heart, you don't have to say it out loud, but if you want to, just say, Lord, I just thank you and I receive all that you have for me. I just bless your name. Just bless your name. Thank you, mighty one. You're so good. So good. <laughs> So some of you have been praying for a long time, but you've become weary in doing it. God said he's going to refresh your place before his throne to where your prayer life becomes a place of joy instead of heaviness. Um, I just bless you for that, God. I bless you for that. In the name of Jesus, I bless you for that, Lord. Thank you, mighty one. Thank you, mighty one. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's do this. Uh, Renee, do you have the mic again? So I, I really, I'm not trying to single out Renee and embarrass her, but I just kind of, I'm curious what's going on. So hi, Renee. Are Me you too, I'm curious. <laughs> So, so can you turn towards them if you're comfortable? Can you share with us what you're experiencing? Because again, please don't miss this. We've just experienced the Lord. So the natural response is to testify to it. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, <clears throat> I have been experiencing since about March a tremendous presence of the Lord anytime we are worshiping and adoring him for who he is. And, um, yeah, I guess, honestly, what 
that's that's what I was experiencing. It's just the pleasure of who he is, the reality of who he is, the confidence of who he is, the joy of who he is. Um, and then he was giving me little tidbits for my sermon tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. You did a good job. All right. So how many of you felt literally the refreshing of the presence of the Lord while we were just sitting here? Yeah. 